Hey, Sam. Yeah, Tyler. I can't believe I missed the cameo of Zuko in Parasite. I should have seen it coming, but it took me totally by surprise. Wait. Hold on. First, you said Katara was in Parasite, which she's not. And now you're trying to say Zuko was in Parasite, too? Sam, isn't it obvious? He's sneaking his way around to get what he deserves from anyone of upper class. The poor, stealing from the rich. It's modern-day Robin Hood. You mean when he's the blue spirit? He's not exactly stealing from the rich to take what he needs. He's stealing from the rich so that he can live a life of luxury. Oh, wait. Maybe he was in Parasite. I told you. I'm Tyler Strandberg. And I'm Sam Albus. And this is the Avatar Podcast. Yip, yip. On this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode on a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You are listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yip, yip. That was quite the intro. It really was. We really varied it that time. There we go. Today, Sam, today on this episode of the Avatar podcast, Yip Yip, we will be talking about the fifth episode of book two titled Avatar Day. Yeah. Let's just abbreviate to to Yip Yip. Like, welcome to Yip Yip. Okay. Just do that. Sure. It's easier to say. Yeah, sure. Can you tell us what happens in this episode? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I will do that right now. Thank you. Aang and his friends stumble upon a town celebrating an anti-Avatar day. The villagers blame the Avatar for killing their leader, Chin the Great, in a past life, and Aang is arrested and tried for his crimes. Um, after Fire Nation soldiers attack the village, Aang is pardoned after he defeats them. The town consequently changes the anti-Avatar celebration into a pro-Avatar celebration. Meanwhile, Zuko had disguised himself as the Blue Spirit to steal food for him and his uncle. Iroh is not happy with what Zuko is doing, and Zuko decides to leave him. This episode premiered on Nickelodeon on April 28th, 2006, and was written by John O'Brien. Yay, John O'Brien! We know my feelings on this writer. Yes, we, we do. So we will talk more about those at the end of this episode yes, when I give we sure my will. verdict. We sure will. All right. In the meantime, why don't we dive into part one, plot and themes and stuff? Yes, and the first section of that is always things to know, when there are things to know, and there are things to know. So I will say the things to know now. Thank you very much. When playing detective... When playing detective. I mean, that's what's a little doing. boy. He's playing detective. He's just a little boy playing. He's not actually doing anything. That's It's true. Uh, God, I'm just thinking of how fucking funny this episode is. Anyway, um, when playing detective, Sokka affects a unusual hat and ornate pipe. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, a detective created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, was often portrayed in magazine illustrations wearing an unusual deerstalker hat and smoking an, an ornately curved pipe. On a similar note, Sokka's special detective hat is the winged cap traditionally worn by Chinese magistrates who in Chinese literature were often depicted as great detectives. Interesting connection there. Very interesting and clever. Um, This is the first time hair loopies are mentioned by their name. Which I think is very interesting, Sam, because although this is a joke, we see many times throughout the series that Water Tribe women wear 
loops in their hair. This includes Yue, Yugoda, who was the healing teacher that Katara learned from briefly in the Northern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Grand Grand has them. Katara's mother, who we just saw in a vision in the previous episode, also had hair loopies. Therefore, Katara's hairstyle is signature of her culture. It's a cultural hairstyle. It is. Wow. I love it. I think it's a really cool like little tidbit that we see. I like it too. I think they look very interesting. I mean, I see a lot of things that it's like, shout out to Katara for finding one hairstyle that worked for her and wearing it for the rest of her life. But like, it's not just like, oh yeah, this hairstyle worked for her. It's like, it's culturally important. Yeah. So, yeah. And also from an animation standpoint, changing a character's hairstyle all the time is taxing. Yeah. And it can also be the same. It can also be difficult for like viewers to be like, wait, yeah. is this the same character? They have different hair now. Exactly. All right. Anyway, let's um, dive into, uh, we don't really have that many themes. So it's kind of like one theme that I'll like casually bring up, but it's very brief. So why don't we do a plot for this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start. So the gang visits a town that is celebrating Avatar Day. Which I think is very funny because once they enter the village, like, and they're talking about the celebration, there is foreshadowing in this episode, and I kind of love it. Let's listen. And it's nice to appreciate their deep-fried festival food. What is this? That's our new festival food. Unfried dough. May we eat it and be reminded of how on this day the Avatar was not boiled in oil. Um, They soon find out that the festival is not a celebration of the Avatar, but rather a condemnation. The festival is based off the belief Kyoshi killed their leader. Uh, Aang is offended by this, um, thinking, there's no way I would have killed anybody in my past life, and wants to prove he's innocent. Um, He is jailed, and therefore, because he can't do anything, Katara and Sokka have to try to collect evidence to prove he's innocent. Um, So they learn more about the story of what happened with Kyoshi and Chin. This is the crime scene. This is the footprint of the killer, Kyoshi. It was at sunset 370 years ago today that she emerged from the temple and struck down Shin the Great. After that tragic day, we built this statue to immortalize our great leader. Feel free to appreciate it. So Katara and Sokka eventually travel to Kyoshi Island where they are looking for more evidence to prove that Kyoshi is innocent. Um, so what they find, the statue and the temple are cut from the same stone, meaning they were built at the same time. It's, 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 yeah. That's not what that means. I know. Um, Just because they were cut from the same stone doesn't mean they were built at the same I know, time. It's flexible. And the stone kind of, still could have been sitting there. Yeah, they kind of mentioned that in the episode. Katara says that's a big hole in the mayor's story, but it's still not enough to prove that Aang's innocent. Yeah, it's not. No, exactly. This is just little bits that they're collecting. Yeah, okay. Um, Kiyoshi also had the largest feet of any avatar, which means she could not have created that footprint that they say is the footprint of Kiyoshi after she killed Chin, which is another thing, Sam. That footprint would not have lasted <laughs> 370 years. It is in dirt. Dirt weathers away with rain. Yeah. Yeah. 
That that is correct. Yep. <clears throat> so there's, excuse me, my throat is dry. It's almost as if there's a lot of um, meaningless points in this story. Yeah, I just I'm trying to make a point about the the writing by specifically John O'Brien. Uh, it's not verdict's time, so shut up. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just saying. You right. had a tone, Tyler. Okay, you Sam. had a tone. Okay, Sam. No tones in this podcast until the tone time. Oh, read the third point. I will. Uh, Kyoshi was in a painting painted at sunset the day Kyoshi Island was founded the same day as the crime, meaning she could have not killed Chin. She has an alibi. She has an alibi. And then gets hit in the head with Katara. Bing. God, I love that. Vibe check, Sokka. Um, Sokka and Katara present this evidence to the mayor, who quickly rebuffs them. Honorable mayor, we've prepared a solid defense for the Avatar. We did an investigation and found some very strong evidence. Evidence? <laughs> That's not how our court system works. Then how can I prove my innocence? Simple. I say what happened, and then you say what happened, and then I decide who's right. <gasps> That's why we call it justice, because it's just us. <laughs> Sam, it's almost as if the justice system is corrupt. What? It's, it really... Side note, um, I recently quit my job, and... <laughs> Okay, this drop is important. That now. I recently quit my job because I was being discriminated against. And when HR reached out to me, they were like, we're going to dig into this. And then a week later, they called me back and they were like, I know you say your bosses were discriminating against you, but we talked to your bosses and they said they weren't doing that. So obviously you're lying. <laughs> And that just really reminds me of what's going on here. It also feels like the system that some countries like put in place in order to protect people who have power or money. That that was an incomplete statement. Made it no, I said it's it almost reminds me of systems that some countries have in place in order to protect people who oh, have power or money. Okay. That's a complete thought. I, I thought I thought you said it's almost as if and then something. I'm gonna Do you want to take a guess at point. what those countries are? I think we can figure it out. I can think we? we got it, Tyler. It starts with a U <laughs> and rhymes with United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. There are others too. The people specifically are starts start with P and rhyme with politicians. Okay, I'm and moving Jeff on. Bezos. I'm moving on. Billionaires, Sam. I'm moving on. We protect billionaires. I don't know why. Aang does a horrible job at his defense, like a really horrible, abysmal job, comedically so. Um, so they try to dress him in Kyoshi's clothes. Um, and Kyoshi pretty much immediately manifests herself and confesses to killing Chin the Conqueror. And Aang is found guilty. Yeah, that's a bit... That's something that happens. It is. That's a plot point that completely undoes everything that happens in this episode. Stop. Stop putting your freaking verdicts into this portion of the episode. Aang, Tyler, it's not verdict time. Aang's punishment is to be decided using the wheel of punishment. Wheel of, of 
punishment. And they all cheer. And then I don't know the Wheel of Fortune music, but it's something that sounds like game show music. I think this is kind of funny. Like, this is really creative in that they actually, like, took the time to think about what all of these different, like, punishments on this wheel are going to be. There are, there are, there are many ways that for a guilty person to meet their doom on the Wheel of Punishment. And those include bed of nails, whipping post, boiled in oil, eaten by sharks, razor pit, mulled by bears, burned at the stake, and community service. Those are um, not all the same. <laughs> They're One not equal punishment. Is not, not like, like the, the other. other. Um, yeah, it's almost as if that, uh, they're trying to justify the violent ones by saying, it's not up to us. We're not, you know. We're not the ones who spun the wheel. Yeah, it was fate. Fate decided. Yeah. Even though we were the ones that made the wheel. God. <laughs> I hate that. I know. Um, anyway, uh, so they spin the wheel, um, and it lands on getting boiled in oil. The town then gets attacked by a Fire Nation cavalry called the Rough Rhinos. And the mayor asks Aang to save them, to which he snarkily replies that he cannot because he is going to be boiled in oil. And then the mayor, like, moves the wheel over to community service and is like, okay, there's your punishment. Serve our community and help us. And then Aang does because he's a good person in, at the end of the day. Yes, yes, he is a very good boy. And after Aang does save the town, they celebrate a new Avatar Day to celebrate when Aang saved the town. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yay. Um, yeah, this episode is, like, kind of eerily similar to The Great Divide. It focuses on two sets of people who are, like, too stubborn in their own ways to change, but ultimately find peace at the end and not really through, like, anything substantial, almost as if they were written by the same person and have the same tone and should be rated equally as such. Uh, let's move on to characters. We can't. Why? Because we have a break. Okay. And it's John O'Brien's fault that we can't move on to characters. Go to the break! Hey, Sam. What? In case you didn't know, I hate John O'Brien. Tyler, that's a very mean thing to say. It is very personal. And if he listens to this, I hope you should take it personally. Jesus. But do you want to know who I don't hate? Who? Zuko. Jeez, okay. <laughs> and he's a character that we're going to dive into. All right, let's do it. So Zuko is clearly struggling with living his life in poverty. Uh, he was obviously not meant for this because he's royalty. He's a royalty. He's a royal boy. But uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, we talked about Literally that in the, the last, last episode. episode. Whatever. Uh, in this episode, we really see where Zuko struggles and that he's unsure of who he is or what his purpose is. There's no honor for me without the Avatar. Zuko, even if you did capture the Avatar, I'm not so sure it would solve our problems. Not now. And there is no hope at all. Zuko's whole identity for so long literally has revolved around capturing the Avatar. It's what his entire world hinges on. His return home, his family's approval, and any chance of his life returning to normal depends on on well depended on him capturing an avatar and now now that he doesn't have any of that he zuko believes that there's no hope for him and that his life has no purpose 
Um, he doesn't have any idea who he is because he's only known himself as the prince of the Fire Nation, not as this fully fleshed out person that can have wants and desires as just like anyone else. He just wants his normal life back. But now, even being the prince doesn't seem like that's an option. It's not enough because ultimately, like, he can't get his life back. Um, if, like Iroh says, even if he did capture the Avatar, things would never return to normal. God. <laughs> Tyor. Yeah. What the hell? I know. It's, we are, this season is doing really, really Zuko's great. Zuko's having a rough time. This, I'm sorry. This season is doing a really great job at starting to dig into the complexity of Zuko and what he's going through, what yeah, he has gone through. Yeah, it's doing an amazing it's, job. It is amazing at, like, how much deeper it's diving into specifically this character. I mean, I'm excited just, to see where this goes. You can just see him progress from the first episode to here and just how he's slowly losing his sense of self. And now literally his answer for that is to be like, I have to leave. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't be with you anymore because I don't literally don't know what to do. And obviously I don't agree with your assessments on things, Iroh. And speaking of Iroh, let's just let's talk move about on, Iroh. and then we'll kind of debrief their relationship. Yeah, it's been hinted that Iroh had a very tough time after losing his son, uh, and it's been made clear, very explicitly clear, that he thinks of Zuko as his own son. So Iroh has probably gone through something similar to Zuko right now in losing his way and feeling as if he has no importance. Um. Yeah, I think that Iroh has this one quote. Um, it seems so insignificant, but like it kind of like really hit me in like mm -hmm. very meaningful. So yeah, let's just let's listen to that and dissect it afterwards. To be honest with you, the best tea tastes delicious, whether it comes in a porcelain pot or a tin cup. This quote seems really simple. It's literally just Iroh talking about this new teapot that Zuko got for him, but. Iroh isn't really just talking about the teapot, I don't think. He's talking about how he's saying the most important things in his life are not what you have. They're not things that you can buy for yourself. It's not like, you know, nice life of luxury that Zuko has associated with his whole life. It's instead things that truly make you happy, which for Iroh is tea, you know? It doesn't matter if he's rich or poor. What matters is that he has the things that are important to him, the things that truly bring joy to his life. Yeah. He likes things that bring joy. And I think this is his way of trying to tell Zuko that, but obviously Zuko's going through a time right now, so it's hard to see beyond yeah, that. Yeah, Zuko doesn't understand that because he did have everything at one point, and it was very suddenly stripped away from him. So he's not really prepared to not have what he once had. Right. Um, he's going to have to figure that shit out. Right. Oh, my gosh. It's so compelling and so interesting and so expertly dramatic that this is in a kid's show because I think even when you are young, you understand Zuko's inner turmoil. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously now as grown adults dissecting into it, it's still impressive at how much of a natural progression this is. Yeah, and how as much a kid, just... I was unable to understand like why he was struggling, but I couldn't like quite put it into words. Mm -hmm. Where like now I'm able to like contextualize like everything he's going through. And yeah, what's going it's on. A, he's going through a loss of identity. I mean, he's going off by himself, seemingly to maybe try and find his identity. Um, good stuff. Good, but heavy good, stuff. Yeah. Sam, it seems like we're hovering a little bit too much on these characters. Why don't we take a quick break and then come back and talk about our favorite character? Okay. Sam, we are back. 
Anne, it's time for verdicts, favorite characters. Who was your favorite character? Tyler, my favorite character of this episode was Sokka. Really? Yes. Okay, we were talking about Zuko a lot, so I thought maybe he had a chance of getting in. But why was Sokka your favorite character? I mean, if we were doing best character of the episode, Mm -hmm. it's Zuko. Okay. But it's my favorite character. And both times we watched this, and like the first time I was grumpy and sad, I giggled at Sokka the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like Sokka is so enjoyably funny during this episode. Like his whole playing Sherlock Holmes thing or whatever, and just how enthusiastic he is about it, and what every time Katara, like, tries to solve it for him, it's just like, I wanna solve it! <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I laugh yeah. every time. I don't know. I think that's just a personal thing for me. I just like that bit a lot. Like, uh, yeah. I think it's really funny and clever, um, how Katara is trying to upplay him without trying to upplay him. Mm-hmm. She's just so smart and witty that she figures it out faster than Sokka can say it. Yeah. Um, it's... So funny. I I really, really liked it. And Sokka's not, like, Sokka was annoying last episode. But Sokka is lovably himself this episode. Yeah. And it it was just so delightful to watch. Really just delightful. Sam, I agree. Yes. everything you said. Well. I think if Zuko was the best character, we're not talking about that because my favorite character was also Sokka. Yeah. For everything that you just said, I completely agree. The detective bit was hilarious. Mm -hmm. I fully agree that, like, last episode he was annoying, but this episode he was lovably himself. I just, yeah, I I just want to second everything that you said. It was so funny. All right, Sam, we had the same favorite character. I wonder if we're going to have the same verdict. Tyler, I don't think we are. I don't think we are either. I think our Sam, scores are you, going to vastly yeah. differ. What did you rate this episode? I rated this episode an 8 out of 10. When we watched it the first time, I was, like, in a pretty bad mood. And also, we just watched The Swamp, which I really didn't like the first time. Um, but it got better as I watched it a second time. But this episode, um, I watched it the first time, and I just saw all of its um, flaws Flaw number one, I will point out, um, the lip syncs of the dialogue in this episode are messy. There's a lot of syllables that it that they miss, um, and it was jarring for me. I watch a lot of animation, um, so I think my eyes are just trained to see lip flaps, and also I used to do dubbing for anime, um, unofficial stuff. Um, but if you want to hire him officially, we are looking for jobs. If you like my voice, um, this is my demo reel. So no, um, but actually, you were in one like anime dub that was on YouTube, and it was actually really good. So aw. you're a good voice actor. Thank you. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the first time I just saw all of its flaws, and I think I was also influenced by Tyler a little bit. Um, because the second time I laughed the whole time, and I think this episode's pretty enjoyable. It's very entertaining entertaining enough um i just think the whole like detective bit is enough to just carry this episode and i found it was interesting learning more about kiyoshi um and i think it was a creative and fun way to introduce more of that lore to us um in the grand scheme of things not really much of importance happens in this episode um but i don't know i i enjoyed it like i think it's solid like it's a nice break um, I think, even though not a lot of importance happens. Um, obviously, it, um, the like the flaws with the lip flaps and stuff like that, and I think there's some 
not no there's not even pacing issues because the first time it was just like i don't like this how this flows but then the second time i'm just like kind of like constantly action going on so i don't think the pacing's bad anyway i don't think it's that bad i gave it an eight I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Okay, well, uh, you can give your verdict and we'll see who agrees more with who. Sam, I have to preface with this. This has always been my least favorite episode of Avatar. Mm -hmm. So, like, I literally always see people, like, ranting and, like, you know, woeing about The Great Divide. The Great Divide's the worst episode. We hate this episode. And for me, it's like, okay, yeah, The Great Divide isn't good, but Avatar Day is bad. Avatar Day is the worst episode of Avatar for as long as I can remember watching the series. I remember the very first time we watched the series together, I made us skip this episode because that's how much I hate it. <laughs> um, Needless to say, I do have to... Try to go into this with a fresh take, with a more level head. And I ended up giving this episode a four. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I really can't deny that Sokka's bits made me laugh. And right? those were very, very funny. Right? Um, And I really liked Zuko's development as a character. Yeah. But like everything else about this episode is not good. It's so bad. I mean, like, if those are the only two redeeming qualities of this episode, I don't think that makes it a good episode, which is why it's rated on the negative half of the scale for me. Um, And like I said during the plot, like, it sets up everything, like, all of this proof that, like, Aang and Kiyoshi are innocent and yada, 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 and, like, these people are just being ridiculous, and oh my god, these townspeople are so fucking annoying the whole goddamn episode. I hate these townspeople. They're so annoying. And, like, I can't get over that. I can't get over how annoying they are. That's ultimately why I hate this episode and why I choose to skip over it every single time. The mayor is just, it, he's hard to listen to. Both of his, both his voice is, like, bad and, like, everything that comes out of his mouth is just, like, I want to punch him in the face. And, like, it sets up everything for Katara and Sokka. And then, like, it just throws it out the window. Like, nope, none of that matters. Who cares? Kyoshi killed Chin. Oh, well. And then it's like, after doing that and setting all of that up, like, these town people hate the Avatar, yada, yada, yada. They think that he's terrible. And then they're getting attacked, and suddenly it's like, Avatar, save us! And I just think there's... It's not, it's not written well, you know? And I prefaced this, I, like, foreshadowed it. <laughs> um, the entire episode, I don't like John O'Brien's writing. I don't think he is a good writer. I think he can do comedy well, which is clearly shown. He makes Sokka very funny. I mean, I think the waterbending scroll was very funny. Um, but ultimately, I don't think that he is... He has many strengths as a writer. I don't think that he contributes much to the series and that he clearly doesn't know how to piece an episode together. We see that in The Great Divide. We see that in The King of Omashu. We see that in The Siege of the North Part 1. And we see that again in this episode. So, sorry, but it's not good. It's a four for me, dog. It's a four for me, dog. (laughs) 
That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to our producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with their production company, Son Event Productions, and Annie Galloway, who made our cover art and is our graphic designer. Make sure you join us next week. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at airbenderpod. That's A-I-R bender pod check out our patreon starting at one dollar a month you can get early access to episodes as well as behind the scenes content and bonus episodes you can find us there by searching the avatar podcast yip yip or by using the link in the description of this episode i'm tyler strandberg the host creator and head writer of the show you can follow me on twitter or instagram both at tyler john seven that's t-y-l-e-r-j-o-n and the number seven i'm sam albus the co-host and co-writer of this show you can follow me on twitter at at Sam underscore Albus or on Instagram at Sam Albus. My last name is spelled A-L-B-U-S. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.